Hi, Greg Perry, the historic preservationist. Welcome to episode 456. Um, putting our horological hats on for this episode, um, one of my favorites, and, and uh, I get a lot of requests because of all the clock movements we do with uh, the rolling moon wheel. So this episode, we're going to term the history of the moon dial. And everybody says, well, what's that for? And, you know, it goes around and what, when, it, when, it's, when it's to the left, to the right, what does that mean? So let's uh, answer all these questions throughout the world and kind of around the world, the history of clockmaking from uh, probably the, the last quarter of the, the 17th century through the mid to late 18th century, moon dials were really standard fare through almost all civilized countries in the world that were making clocks. So, um, so everybody, let's, uh, let's take note of what's going on here. The history of the moon dial. The face of the moon is still popular on modern mechanical clock movements. It is interesting to know the history of the clock dial, the moon, as to why and when it first became popular and as an added feature to a tall case clock. So why did it begin? In the late 1600s, traveling took a while and was also very hazardous at night. When it was dark, people would depend on the light of the moon to see where they were going and when they were out. The phase of the moon function was in addition to the floor clocks for this purpose. So it was a perfect mate. You already had it. If you already had a high piece of technology in the house, the clock, um, but unfortunately it could cost two to three times the amount of clock to create the moon dial or the moon wheel on that clock. That added option next time. You just can't add it. You'd have to buy another clock. So people can make travel plans with the moonlight helping them to see. Very basic stuff, but... Um, so let's talk about some developments of the rolling moon wheel, the moon dial. In the 1700s, clocks began to have the hump on the top of the clock dial, also known as a tombstone dial. And this was primed to stick a rolling moon wheel on, in the arch. The dial arch was available to accommodate this lunar display disc. The moon was painted on the disc and the disc would rotate once a month. It was a simple and practical addition to the clock. Let's talk about animations added to the clock dial. Some clock dials with the arch were made with alternate animations beside the moon phase. Rocking ships, seesawing, Adam and Eve picking apples, all would rock back and forth. These animations did not have any practical function as the phase of the moon did. It was a simple design in connection with the motion of the pendulum. Each second, something was happening back and forth, tick-tock. So with the swing of the pendulum, the animation would rock. So the moon dial is interesting to see how people lived and relied so heavily on their clocks of the past. In the days of outhouses and traveling with a horse and buggy, a clock was a very important appliance indeed. It was the computer of the day, imagine, in the 1660s. So let's talk more about moon dials. 
Using a mechanical clock's display to mark the state of the moon's phase is an old and common tradition among the makers of clocks. One encounters moon, moon dials on clocks from virtually every country and on every size of clock or timepiece from huge public tower clocks right down to even wristwatches which have moon dials. So taken to its extreme, these displays can also incorporate, incorporate an ori or planetarium showing the present position of the known planets in the Earth's solar system. But all we are concerned with here is the more commonly seen moon dial on tall case clocks from England and America. The moon dial was never intended as just a novel decoration. For the amusement of the owner and or his friends, it's not a parlor game here. There is a very practicable side also. Lunar displays on clocks are known in Germany from the end of the 16th century. When long case clocks for homeowners in England became popular in the late 17th century, street and road lighting for travel at night hardly existed anywhere in the world. If one wanted to have friends over or travel out, one had to know when moonlight would be available. Also, near the end of the 17th century, the English astronomer Royal, John Flamsteed, worked out his table showing that the moon's phases were closely linked to the regular rise and fall of the tides. Since few coastal streams had bridges, it was very useful to know when a coach, when a, coach a horse-drawn coach, could ford a stream. And for those that don't know what that means, a ford in the 17th and 18th century is another word for crossing. So when the stream was low, the tide's out, you could know by your clock when you can cross over into the next provenance. And then husk, and hence keep uh, the owner dry and to say his powder dry, his powder was his gun. And the clock could provide this information. There is a lot of folklore also around that says, Farmers planted by the moon cycles, and the clock could help with there as well. Well, maybe. We really don't know that. So I think we still need a bit more proof on this one. But nevertheless, moon dials, or more properly, lunar dials, usually take the form of a disk incorporated into the main dial plate, usually into the arched top section. The circumference of the disk is cut with teeth, so that the machinery of the clock, usually the motion work, which is on the front or a series of gears on the front of the movement, and is responsible for moving the hands, can engage the disc of the moon wheel and click it forward twice every 24 hours. Half of the disc circumference displays one full lunar cycle every 20, 29 and a half days, and the days are numbered around the arch of the opening. The lunar cycle starts at the new moon, a dark night sky and no man in the moon face showing on the clock. It progresses to the full face showing on the 15th day of the month, the full moon, and back to no face again as the moon begins to wane. Most lunar dials are partially concealed on either side of their opening on the main dial plate, 
by semicircular global humps. That allows the painted face to engage slowly, just as the real moon goes out of sight and back onto the Earth's shadows. These humps on the earlier brass dials are often engraved with either scenes relating to the moon's cycle or global maps of a very simplified form indeed. A rising sun is a common scene on the, on the humps of the brass dials. Although the sun cycle has nothing to do with the lunar display. On painted dials, which emerged in England from about 1772 onwards, the humps are almost always fairly good transfer printed maps of the English Western and Eastern hemispheres. Interestingly, the global maps produced by English dial painters for the American market are usually complete and numbered with longitudinal lines around their outer edges, where the dials for domestic consumption rarely have such numbers. Other types of lunar displays exist too, and clockmakers went to quite a bit of work sometimes to provide a unique example. Dials are seen, but rarely, with a brass sphere in the arch of the dial, with one half of the sphere silvered and the other half blackened. As the sphere revolves a little each day, the silver side comes into view at the same rate as the new moon emerges out of the shadow and into the night sky. Such spherical moons were produced by several English makers in the northeast of the country in the early to mid-18th century, and the spiral-cut gearing to drive them was highly sophisticated for the time, was very difficult to produce. Another type of lunar dial encountered on th common 30-hour country clocks is the penny or Halifax moon, a very small disc about the side of an old English penny that rotates beyond a small aperture in a square brass dial. Just above the center of the hands at the full moon, a silvered face completely fills the opening of the dial. When a clock has been built for a customer in a seaport town in the 17th or 18th century, the cycle of the local tides is sometimes showed along with the phase of the moon. This will usually be indicated by a set of Roman numerals, painted or engraved, along with the more usual Arabic numbers that indicates the, the moon's age. An explanatory note is usually included, such as high tide, say, in Liverpool, or something such. Rarely, uh, a movable point or hand will be included so that the tides will look and vary if the clock is moved up or down the coast any great distance. And these can be indicated separately. So let's talk about setting a moon dial. So to set, it, to set your moon dial at home to be as accurate as possible, you could Google it or you could use, uh, use your local newspaper, or one from a large city near you. This will usually include an almanac section on the weather page. The little blackened circular graphics that show the lunar calendar will be quite obvious. So to set your clock's lunar dial, you need to know the date of the current month on which the full moon will occur. The trick to interpreting the data is knowing that the full moon appears on the 15th day 
of the 29-and-a-half-day lunar cycle, which is independent of the day it occurs in the monthly calendar. For example, take today's date as being, say, March 18, 1999. The Washington Post says that the full moon will occur on the 31st of March. Therefore, the 18th today is 13 days before the full moon. Set your moon dial so that the pointer is usually a projection out of the top of the round face. It points to two on the numbered half-arch circle. In 13 days, on the 31st of March, it will be the 15th day of the lunar cycle. The pointer on the round moon face of your, of your clock will be straight up and the face fully exposed, and the moon will be in the night sky only. So, rarely are there ever two full moons in a single month. The second full moon is known as the blue moon, famed in song and fable. So when someone says, not in a blue moon, you know exactly. It's quite the rarity, and sometimes it doesn't happen in an entire year to have a, quote, blue moon. Most lunar disk or rolling moon wheels will rotate easily just by turning them with your fingers. But they're sometimes very fragile. And pushing on the disk too hard can dislodge the linkage of the spring that moves it, or you will bend the pivot point. To avoid putting too much force on the disc, you may have to remove the hood of the clock and grasp the disc front and back. As you rotate the moon disc clockwise, its positioning spring, called the click, will very likely snap along over each tooth on the outer rim, making the characteristic clacking noise. If the disc resists an attempt to move it forward, wait a couple hours and try it again. The movement of the clock may be engaged with a linkage that comes and moves the moon. Pushing the disc too hard could also damage something, so be very gentle and be light with the finger and be patient. Once set, the disc shouldn't need to be further adjusted so long as the clock runs continuously. Don't forget to wind your clocks. So that's the history of the moon dial. Hope I've answered everyone's questions. Uh, many questions over the years. Um, getting information up for a new website, and this is going to be uh, one of the leads in the horological section. Um, again, very important today. It's, uh, I think, merely a novelty. I would say only uh, one out of 20 people want to set the moon when I set the tall case clock up with the moon dial. And the, these... Uh, Moon dials or lunar faces have been so watered down by clocks like Sly and Howard Miller, and they're just there for a decorative purpose, and uh, nobody quite get it. No, nobody quite, they don't get it. So, uh, but nevertheless, it's uh, it's a propagation of history, and it's it's good if people ask questions over some something like that. So, um, please tell all your friends about our podcast. And uh, anyone interested in horology, clocks, watches, um, history in general, uh, time, time. It's all, we're running out of time, all of us. Greg Perry, the historic preservationist, signing off. Thanks for listening. <laughs>